0: Hello and welcome to the Queamacca Sessions podcast. My name is Randolph Wyatt. I will be your host for this afternoon. Today, I will be interviewing Queamacca College's band director, Professor James Sepulveda, about his new podcast that he runs along with University of Arizona's Professor Greg Hansen.
1: Uh, thanks for having me here, Randy. It's very nice of you. Oh,
0: thank you for coming to invite me. I'm happy to be a part of this. This is cool. Um, so you are. Running a band ranting podcast, correct? Who told you that? Oh, I don't know. There's just <laughs> so few people we talk about. I mean, there's how many subscribers yeah. do you have now?
1: Uh, so we're right around 600, which is, which is uh, very odd to me because we started this podcast. Thank you for mentioning it. It's called the Band Ranting Podcast um, with no expectation that anyone in the world would care. Uh, everyone has a podcast now, right? I think, I think I heard a ficus tree with a podcast the other day. Uh, I saw yeah, a cactus. Pretty, yeah, them. there's a cact. There's a bunch of cacti with them. <laughs> and uh, so we just started this podcast, and um, it's there's people listening to it, which is cool. It's not a lot, but it's 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 a little little audience, so that's fun.
0: I believe it's a podcast about music and musicality. Correct.
1: Yeah, and specifically for the band world. Um, you didn't ask, but I'm going to answer the question of why we started it. Is that okay?
0: Nah, that's perfectly I'm fine. I'm going to
1: jump you in line and just go right to that. Um, so when you're when you when you're a music major, as you are, and as some of the folks in our little audience are here today, you have to make a decision on which path you're going to go down. You know, are you are going to do... Uh, music education or you do music performance or you're going to do music composition and then even within that you have to kind of choose a lane you know and um when i was at the point where i had to choose a lane the band world was um very interesting to me for a lot of reasons uh there's not a long history to the modern wind ensemble to to the idea uh, bands have been around a long time uh bands actually go back to ancient uh Civilizations, you know, you'd have when they uncovered King Tut's tomb in the 1930s, uh, they found trumpets that had been used in ancient Egypt. So, wind instruments, wind and percussion instruments, go back a long time. But um, the idea of having an ensemble that was artistic in nature uh, is a fairly new concept in in the wind world, and it's very exciting. There's lots of new music being written for wind band um and so it just feels very fresh and the orchestral world and i don't i don't want to say anything bad about the orchestral world uh but at times it feels to me a little bit like um not not super accepting of new ideas a little Uh, bit
0: traditionalist
1: yeah i think understandably people who who study to get a job with a symphony orchestra uh it's cutthroat competitive. You know, it is so, so competitive. And so a lot of the conservatories have become very focused on uh creating folks who win auditions um by that's where the training has gone to. So um you'll sometimes hear them referred to as excerpt factories where students are just getting, you know, trained on excerpts over and over and over again. And then that creates this culture I think where there's kind of like a sense that there's a right way to interpret a piece of music, which Of course there is, but there's multiple right ways, you know what I mean? And so sometimes it creates a sense that, uh, for me at least, this is just my opinion, I could totally be wrong, but it creates a sense that there's not a lot of uh, welcomeness for fresh performances, fresh interpretations. And I found that to not be the case in the wind band. The wind band is very open as far as that goes. Um, the other big thing, which I think is really important, but has been a more recent uh, discovery of mine, uh, I kind of just put it together recently in the last couple of years, is that when you think about culture in America broadly, you think about where Americans learn about culture, where they learn about art, where they learn about creativity, where they learn about artistic values, it is by and large, in band class. If you just look at what classes students take in their uh, public education, band is by far the most commonly offered art choice for students. Uh, And so the goal of the podcast, then, is to raise the level of musicality, of artistic band stuff, band music and thereby have some kind of positive impact on American culture broadly. Because if that's where Americans are learning about culture, then bands have a responsibility to make sure that they are actually teaching culture. They are actually teaching uh, creativity and musicianship and excellence and all of these things. And that's not always the case, unfortunately. So that's, that's kind of what the podcast is centered around, is trying to uh, push things in that direction if that makes sense.
0: So just for people out there who maybe haven't really experienced what you mean by music and musicality, could you give a little quick definition of that?
1: Sure. Um, so you want me to define musicianship for you, huh?
0: Yeah, Just, sure, just something sure. small like that. Because most people <laughs> think it's just playing the notes on a page and yeah, like yeah. play forte or piano and maestoso. Sure. So so
1: you have to ask yourself some fundamental questions, I think. what, And the first one is, what is music for? What is music about? Who is it for? Why do we do it? And uh, one of the things I talked to, to one of my classes about is that every known civilization on the planet right now and every civilization that's ever existed in the history of this planet, Randolph, uh, has had music. And that's that's a powerful thing to consider. What else is that true for? Not a lot of things. Uh, certainly, every, every civilization has not had uh, computers. Right? That's a new that's a new thing. Uh, every civilization has not had. Um, there are when you really stop and think about it, there are very few universal things that transcend all times, all geography, all humans. Music is one of them. So that to me means there's something fundamental about music that draws us to it. And for me, the answer is communication. It's about communication. I think that humans are uh, innately lonely. I think we are innately... Uh, uh, we suffer from being inside of our heads. I think simultaneously the way we came to be the dominant species at the top of the food chain and the source of our loneliness simultaneously is our ability to think, our ability to sort of pull out of the here and now, right? You and I are sitting in this room right now and there's a moment happening, but we have the ability... To leave this moment, to leave this room, and go inside of our own head, right? And once we're there, we can think about whatever the hell we want. We can think about daisies. We can think about Twinkies. We can think about uh, Rick and Morty. We can think about uh, the end of the universe, right? We can think of whatever we want. And that process is what allowed us to develop weapons, It's what allowed us to think uh, and and come up with plans to, uh, you know, hunt and to build structures and to grow crops and all the things that made us uh, advance as a species. But also that process, I think, is very lonely and it removes us from connection to each other. And for me, music is the antidote to that. Music is the thing that binds us back together, that brings us back together. So to go back to your original question of, of what is musicianship, it's learning how to communicate with other humans through the medium of sound. So sound is, is the, re, it's the material that we're using for the purpose of communication. That's what we're trying to do. And sometimes... Randolph, in my opinion. I just like <laughs> to say her name loudly sometimes because it's funny. Um, sometimes uh, when uh, groups are making music, bands, because that's, that's what I do is I'm a band director, there's an, there's an overemphasis, in my opinion, on the technique of how to make the sound and a lack of emphasis on what the purpose of the sound is and what message is being communicated with the sound. And so that's what we talk about basically in the podcast, is how to shift the emphasis from the how to
0: the what and the why. What do you think of that, Randy? <laughs> I think that's a pretty good <laughs> definition. <laughs> okay, I, I think that's a pretty complete definition without giving too oh, much thank away.
1: thank you. It's almost like I've thought about this once or twice, huh?
0: Of course. You know, like... <laughs> I don't know, maybe every time you have a great music listening class or concert band. Yeah. Um, Do you feel musicians of all skill ranges can grasp what's talked about in this podcast? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think for the most part, uh, to be honest with you, it is a very uh, niche podcast. You know, like it is basically intended for... Band directors, band students, anyone with an interest in the band world, which automatically is a is a you know fairly small audience. Um, but uh, that being said, I think anyone who's interested in music, uh, there's there's stuff to take from. Can, can I here? I'll do I'll do an example for you. Okay, you ready? Um, and you can try this at home. I don't know if it'll work. Via the earwaves, but here, here's here's the difference of of the two approaches that that we talk about in the podcast. Uh, the folks that, in my opinion, focus too much on the how. Uh, I'm I'm going to tr- give you a, a practical example of what I mean by that. Okay, so we're sitting at a table right now, you and I, Randy. Right, I'm going to ask you to your hand is on your knee right now. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. Uh, about uh, six inches, so about half as much as you just did. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to ask you to rotate your elbow um, so that your arm moves about 45 degrees towards the table. Yeah. Okay, cool. Stop. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you to move your hand forward about four inches. Good. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you to clo- bring your fingers close to your thumb but not quite touching. Good, good. Stop right there, and then I'm going to ask you to move your thumb backwards to uh, so that it's lined up with your middle finger, a little bit closer together. Yeah, okay, like that. Now move your hand completely down onto the table. Okay, but uh, we missed what I was going for. So pick it up. Okay, uh, and okay, cool. So uh, Randy just picked up a pen okay and all of those instructions i gave him were me being really specific about the muscles he needed to move in order to pick up that pen at which parts of his body exactly precisely he needed to activate to pick up the pen okay that's the the approach that a lot of band directors take that is technique based does that make sense now i'm going to ask you to put the pen down this is the approach i try to take as a band director uh randy can you pick up the pen Right. So, in other words, he just picked up the pen, by the way. Uh, so, in other words, I gave you the first time I had to pick up the pen, I gave you very specific instructions on how to do it. The second time I gave you a goal and you solved the, the issues of how. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's what we try and do with uh, the podcast is to explain how you can teach someone music in a way that is directly musical with clear musical goals as opposed to trying to micromanage the how. Does that make sense? And I think that's useful for musicians broadly, um, but it does seem to be more of an epidemic in the wind band, so that's why we focus on the wind band. But I think it's helpful for anybody, sure. So And and just to make that more practical in musical terms, um, intonation, playing in tune. This is a problem that we all face, that we all work with. In an ensemble setting, uh, I was, there's a lot of band directors out there who will pass out, literally, I've seen band directors pass out a handout. That explains how, because of the difference between equal temperament and just intonation, when you play the third of the chord, if it's a major chord, it has to be slightly flat, and to, for it to be perfectly in tune. And for when you play the fifth of the chord, it has to be slightly sharp. And so they're asking you to calculate as you go. Okay, well, measure twelve, I have the third. Measure one, I have the root. Measure twelve, I have the fifth. And blah, 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 blah. As if you're going to sit there as time is mm-hmm. passing by and going root third fifth root third fifth <laughs> out pull it in and pull out and that's impossible, right? Like that. Doesn't work, um, so that would be an example of a technique-based approach to playing in tune. Whereas what I might do in an ensemble, which you're you're in my conspan on Tuesday nights, we were playing the other night, and there was a section that was out of tune. And one of the pieces you were playing, do you remember what I had you guys do? Oh,
0: which piece?
1: You were probably asleep. Well, and, uh, I'm just uh, kidding. I was fully I'm, awake. I'm kidding. Was it a <laughs> uh, hymn it was, song? It was the, the hymn song of Philip Bliss. There was a section that was out of tune. I stopped. I had everyone sing. Their part, right? And there's something immediate about singing that we generally don't sing out of tune. If you ask even a stranger on the street, if you go up to a stranger, you should try this on your own, everybody. This will get you slapped in the face. Go up to as many strangers as you can and say, will you sing law with me? And then go law, (laughs) and you'll weird out a bunch of people. It'll be fun. Um, But generally, the ones who don't uh, assault you, when they sing, (laughs) they will sing in tune with you. It's a natural human thing that when we sing, we tend to match pitch pretty well for the most part, right? So when I had folks sing in rehearsal the other night, they pretty much immediately match pitch and so then that gives them a concept of sound a goal if you will of, of the sound and then when they go to play it on their instruments again they play more in tune so the emphasis in that instance is on listening and uh, conceptualizing the sound as opposed to you have the root you have the third you have the fifth push in push out pull your teeth up put your hat on backwards do 12 push-ups all of the technique-based approaches to uh, playing that you see happen
0: yeah yeah and back to that, because I feel like this is a good way to talk about musicality in this sense. Is uh, also when we were playing that song, you emphasize dynamics, like very much emphasize the piano. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really expecting to to like play that quiet. Usually, I I've, I always just think, oh, if I'm that quiet, it's never going to reach off stage. Usually,
1: Could I ask you a question?
0: Hmm. What is piano? What does that mean? Soft. Quiet.
1: But compared to what? Is that my point is is there such thing as an objective piano? No, it's an interpretation. Right. I mean are we gonna get out like a decibel reader and, and read like
0: piano equals <laughs> Well, I mean if you wanna be picky about it, but no one's really gonna wanna do that. But
1: it it, it, it I think it's an important point to make because uh, piano is completely contextual. Right. There will be moments where you're marked piano in an ensemble, but you have a solo and you're actually playing fairly loud. Right. Compared to what you're capable of playing. And then there'll be moments where you're you're marked piano where you're playing like as soft as you can right? Because it's, it's based on context. It's based on uh, context in terms of orchestration, how many people are playing with you, how many people play the same line as you. And it's based on the musical needs of the moment, right? And so at the beginning of the piece you're referencing, there's a moving line that goes... And it uh, what... I was trying to get I was trying to get you to play softly so that there was room to grow because it's written to crescendo, it's a sequence. So it goes do, then the next one raises up a step and is a little bit louder, do, then the next one's a little lead If you start that too loud, then you have no room to grow without getting this distorted terrible sound, right? So I was really on you guys to play softer because that was the musical demand of the moment. Now, here's an important point, though. I did not go into that rehearsal thinking, I'm going to tell them to play softer. I didn't. I went into that rehearsal with a concept of what sound I wanted in my head. And then based on what was happening in that moment, I responded oh, that needs to be softer. Does that make sense? That's another mistake people make sometimes, I think, is they'll come into a rehearsal like, I'm going to fix this problem and that problem and this problem. Well, how do you know that's going to be a problem? And how do you know there's not going to be a much bigger problem somewhere else? So I think as a conductor, the better approach is to go into a rehearsal with a concept of the sound you want and then react spontaneously to the sounds you're hearing and get them to match what you hear in your head.
0: And I think that's almost a great segue into my next question, which is: While I, I know you never really go into rehearsals thinking you're going to tell the band to do something a certain way, has running this podcast had any effect on how you uh, like conduct or run your band? I hope not.
1: I don't. I don't think so. Um, I do struggle a little bit uh, with how honest to be. On the podcast, you know, because uh, I have opinions about things, and I'm certainly fallible and have plenty of things wrong with me. I'm glad we're doing a audio podcast today. I have a great face for radio, you know, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, plenty, I have plenty of shortcomings and Problems myself, but I also have opinions. I know, I I'm, I struggle with. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know, that's certainly not what I'm trying to do. I don't want to make anyone angry, but at the same time, I do value honesty a lot. And I think some a lot of times it, it feels to me that people don't say things they believe to be true because they're afraid of ruffling feathers or hurting people's feelings, and, and the end result is that things just kind of never get talked about. So I think a lot of the stuff we talk about on the podcast are, are issues that. People think about in our profession a lot but don't talk about a lot. And I I do struggle with how honest to be about it um, because then it can be awkward. Let's say I – like some of the things I just said, I have some folks I consider to be friends who approach music the way I was just saying? You should not approach music making. Well, then when I see them in person, it's like ooh, <laughs> awkward, right? Um, and especially if uh, you know some. Sometimes people are playing in my ensemble who maybe disagree with some of the things I'm saying, and that that's the only element of um, potential like changing the way I approach rehearsal. But I try not to. I try not to. Yeah
0: feel like that kind of covers all my questions for you um is there anything you want to kind of like plug for the concert band too while you're at it i can plug the concert band yeah we have a we have a lovely concert band here at
1: queen maca college it meets tuesday nights six thirty, six thirty p.m Come and get it, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I listened to a lot of radio growing up, and I loved those hokey radio announcers. You know, hi, everybody, what's going on? Uh, Tuesday six thirty. queer Sorry, okay, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tuesday nights, 6.30, Queen American Concert Band. Uh, if you're interested in the podcast that uh, Randy and I have been talking about, it's called Band Ranting. It's available on iTunes and Spotify. We have a website, bandranting.com. And uh, we're always always happy to have new folks join the conversation and tell us why we're wrong. I wish we had more of that. People calling up and emailing us. Yeah, yeah. You (laughs) stupid idiot! Why did you say that? I love that. I want to be wrong. I want to grow. You know, I think that's the thing. When people agree with you, you don't grow. It's kind of boring. So. And
0: when do you say you uh, typically record this podcast?
1: We record Sundays at one. Uh, and you can actually listen live if you call in, and uh, then we—I usually uh, release it uh, Tuesday or Wednesday onto iTunes because I have to edit it. You know, as you're—you're going to have to do with this thing. Oh yeah, and okay. you'll learn the more you can just get it in one take, the less editing you have to do later. And editing makes you want to—it um, makes you want to punch yourself right cuz it's it's a very tedious process so
0: did i over answer your question randy no actually you made this a lot easier for me you very much answer all the questions first well this is a very
1: cool thing you guys are doing and i think it's good in terms of learning everything from the basics of setup and uh and also just you know having these cool conversations with the world it's a good thing